Good morning, everyone. My name is David Kesterson, and I'm one of the elders here at River Oaks. Uh, our text this morning will be Ephesians chapter 5, verses 18 through 21. Uh, but before we read our passage, uh, as I read through this, uh, it made me think about just a few weeks ago, uh, my wife and I had went to the Gatlinburg in Aquarium, uh, where I'm going to tell you now is the time to go. Because of social distancing, uh, people don't get in front of you. You all have to stand so far apart, and it works out really well. You get to enjoy the exhibits. But uh, So anyways, while we were there, uh, we were going through the tunnel, and you know there's fish swimming over you, and we saw a, a sawfish, a very interesting fish, kind of resembles a shark. Uh, but when I started reading about it, I found out that uh, the sawfish is not related to the shark. It's actually a stingray, a type of stingray. Um, <clears throat> and so I thought in the past I had heard of a saw shark. So when we got home, I looked it up. I was just curious what I'd find. And sure enough, there is a saw shark. So if you'll look, the one on the left is the saw fish. The one on the right is a saw shark. They look very similar, um, but they have some very distinct characteristics that make one a fish and or one a ray and one a shark. The saw fish has its gills under on its underside. Uh, they kind of ride right along the bottom, um, whereas the saw shark has its gills behind its head. Um, but also the teeth uh, that are on the uh, saw fish's bill, uh, if they fall out, they're not replaceable. They don't grow back. But the saw shark, if it knocks a tooth out, uh, they can grow back. So one of the really interesting things about this is that because they have different characteristics, it made me think about our passage today. In a similar way, those who are spirit-filled look like those who are not. But when examined closer, we find that the spirit-filled person exhibits characteristics that are very different than someone who is not spirit-filled. Have you ever thought after talking to someone, I feel like I've just talked to someone who really knows Jesus I don't know exactly what it is about them, but something about them I can just feel in their presence, in the way they talk, this characteristic that comes out of them. Well, uh, though it's hard to put your finger on exactly when you're in that situation, today Paul is going to show us four characteristics of what someone spirit-filled looks like. So our passage again is Ephesians 5, 18 through 21. Uh, so we'll read through it and we'll learn what the spirit-filled characteristics of every Christian will be. Starting in verse 18. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery. But be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with all of your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father 
in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Let us pray. Father, as we come to you this morning, I pray that your Spirit would guide us through this passage of Scripture, Lord, to show us what characteristics the Spirit-filled person has, and Lord, to encourage us to continually grow to be more like Christ Jesus. It's in your name, Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. So, I believe that we should keep in mind that today's verses fall in a larger section that is about what the Christian life is like. I say what it is like and not what it looks like because there is an important distinction. Paul has told us earlier in chapter 5 that the difference is darkness and light. He continues with these contrasts in what Mitchell talked about last week, which was being wise and foolish. Now Paul explains with another contrast that comes as two commands. Do not get drunk with wine and be filled with the Spirit. Before we continue, I'd like to take a couple of minutes to see what God's Word says about being filled with the Spirit. I just want to point out a couple of verses for clarification. First, who is filled with the Spirit? According to Ephesians 1 verse 13, it says, In Him, that is Jesus, you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in Him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. And then we read in Romans 8 verse 9, You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If in fact the Spirit of God dwells in you, anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to Him. So it is safe to say that every true Christian has the Spirit living in them. Next, what does it mean to be filled with the Spirit in the context of Ephesians 5? The filling of the Holy Spirit is something all Christians should desire. All Christians have the Spirit living in them, so we should want Him to fill us. This filling is attainable through reading and studying the Bible. I say this because the, in the Gospel of John, chapter 14, verse 26, Jesus said, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I have said to you. So for the Holy Spirit to bring things to remembrance for us, we must have read it. We must know it. Also, in Colossians 3, 15 through 16, there is a parallel section to the one that we are looking at today in Ephesians that says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, 
teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. As a result, I believe that Paul knows that all Christians have the Holy Spirit and he is making the argument that a life spent reading and studying the Bible will be enhanced by the work of the Holy Spirit. And this he calls being filled with the Spirit. Paul told the Ephesians that there are characteristics of a Spirit-filled life. As we examine this section of Ephesians, we will learn how to examine our own lives by the four evidences of being filled with the Spirit that Paul gives. Uh, our main points today will first be uh, evidence. Our first evidence is being intoxicated is not a Spirit-filled characteristic. The second evidence is encouraging each other by speaking and singing scriptural truths is a spirit-filled characteristic. The third evidence is giving thanks to God is a spirit-filled characteristic. And the fourth evidence is submitting to one another is a spirit-filled characteristic. So let's go to our first point. Being intoxicated is not a spirit-filled characteristic. Paul starts this section with a negative command and moves to a positive command. Do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Paul is continuing the contrast that he has been using throughout this section, such as light and darkness, wise and foolish. These contrasts point out the difference between the believer and the unbeliever. Paul's warning against getting drunk is based in the fact that those who are drunk are out of control. This is what he means by saying that drunkenness leads to debauchery. The word debauchery means an extreme indulgence in sensuality. And so, Paul has already warned earlier in Ephesians that those who practice sexual immorality are the sons of disobedience. So how much more those that are sinking into debauchery? Also, getting drunk is selfish, as it is not something done in any way to help or care for others. And this is contrary to the overall call to unity that Paul has been making from the beginning of this letter. Therefore, Paul is giving the command, Do not be drunk as a contrast to what the Spirit-filled life looks like. By the use of the word debauchery, Paul is showing that a life characterized this way is not what a Spirit-filled person looks like. This reminds me of an article uh, from a couple of years ago that I had read where a family in China had adopted a puppy. It was a Tibetan Mastiff. This breed of dog gets very large. A lot of times they weigh upwards of 180 pounds. Uh, but the, the family was a little afraid that something was wrong with their dog. It would eat a full box of fruit and many boxes of noodles daily. It had an incredible appetite. 
After a couple of years, the dog was up to about 220 pounds. <clears throat> so that, being concerned, they took their dog to the vet. The vet checked the dog out and found out what the problem is. The dog had no canine traits. The dog had no canine traits because it was an Asian bear. <laughs> Though when it was young, it looked like a Tibetan Mastiff. And as it grew, it kind of looked like a Tibetan Mastiff. But it turns out that it was an Asian bear. So in a similar way, Paul is using these contrasts to show that those who have the Holy Spirit in them are different than those that don't. Paul commands to not get intoxicated is really him saying, don't act like you did before you were saved and filled with the Holy Spirit. The Bible warns in Proverbs 20, verse 1, that wine is a mocker, strong drink a brawler, and whoever is led astray by it is not wise. Paul has used the terms wise and unwise in Ephesians 5.15, which we looked at last week to describe the Christian who is looking carefully at how they walk, as opposed to those that are not wise. Additionally, in Romans 13.13, we read, Let us walk properly as in the daytime, not in orgies and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and sensuality, not in quarreling and je jealousy, because these are debauchery and not traits or characteristic of someone that is filled with the Spirit. The Spirit-filled person lives a life that is the opposite of debauchery. Their life is character characterized by love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, and self-control according to Galatians 5, 22 and 23. So as we think about this, I don't want you, I don't want us to first look at others and try to examine their lives, but I want us to look within our own lives. Start with the question, is there something that I look forward to to escape the circumstances that I'm in? Do I come home from work thinking all the way home, I really need something to take the edge off? I've had a hard day. If you find that these questions convict you, seek the Lord Jesus. He is our only hope. He came 2,000 years ago as a man and was tempted in every way that we are, and yet he did not sin. Then he was crucified on a Roman cross as an innocent man, and there he suffered as the wrath of God was poured out upon him. <clears throat> for your sins and for mine. Then he died and three days later rose because he is the Son of God and he had defeated death. And if you believe this gospel, you can be saved from your sins and you can be filled with the Holy Spirit. You will be a new creation in Christ and then read and study the Bible and you will start to encourage others by speaking and singing biblical truths, which is our next point. Encouraging each other by speaking and singing biblical truths is a spirit-filled characteristic.
Paul in verse 19 says, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart. Paul is saying that this is how those that are spirit-filled act. And this appears to be for the encouragement of others. He starts with addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. The word addressing could be translated speak or talk. But he goes on to talk about song. So I believe that he is talking about anything from conversation to corporate worship. So Paul is telling those in the Ephesian church to use the words and truths of God to communicate with each other. He knows that these believers need to have a firm foundation. And he has told them earlier in chapter 4 verse 15 to be speaking the truth in love so that they would grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ. So what better way to speak truth than to repeat or sing psalms from the Old Testament or a portion of a hymn or a spiritual song to each other? Paul continues in this, in this verse with singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart. This part is done to the Lord, not necessarily alone, but from the heart. Similar to what Kevin said earlier, uh, there's a vertical and a horizontal aspect to this. So, uh, the phrase, with your heart, um, it's important because this makes it not about our performance in front of others, but this kind of worship is to God, and it is done in song. This song is between you and God through the Spirit, even in a corporate setting. And when done in a corporate setting, it encourages those believers around you. So Paul is describing to the Ephesians that they should be encouraging each other by using the psalms and hymns in their speech and singing because this is what they had at the time to know God. But for us who have the complete New Testament, this extends to all of it as well. We should use it to encourage each other in the Lord because this is a characteristic of someone who is spirit-filled. As I thought about those that encouraged me in this way, first came to mind our worship team. And thank you so much, worship team, for all that you do uh, every week, um, encouraging us in song through biblical truths. Um, though... I thought about many brothers and sisters through the years who have encouraged me. One particular person stood out. I have found that over the last few years, when I talk to Grant Porter, he is always there to listen, and he listens well to what I have to say. But Grant is kind enough not to give me his opinion. He always answers me with a verse or two to show me what God's word says about what we're talking about. And this is what I need. I need to know the truth. Let me ask you, when you talk to others, when someone comes to you to maybe tell you about a problem that they have, 
Do you give them your opinion or do you give them truth? I believe that we can see Paul not only told the Ephesians to do these things, but he did it himself. In Colossians 1, verses 15 through 18, Paul quotes from an early church hymn when he says, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created, in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things. In him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. Yes, this came from a hymn that the early church sang. And, and I'm going to tell you, it is still encouraging today when you read through that. Also, we can see the importance of worshiping the Lord with our heart when we look to the Gospel of John in chapter 4, verses 23 and 24. It says, The hour is coming and is now here when the true worshiper will worship the Father in spirit and truth. And the Father is seeking such people to worship Him. God is spirit, and those who worship Him must worship in spirit and in truth. <clears throat> These passages help us understand the importance of using Scripture or a biblically based hymn to encourage each other while also pointing out the importance of encouraging others through heartfelt worship to the Lord. Next, we will look at how giving thanks to God is a spirit filled characteristic. Paul writes in verse 20 giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul in this verse is pointing out that the person that is spirit-filled gives thanks always and for everything. There were many temptations where the Ephesians lived. Also, there were many in that community that were hostile to them. So Paul is calling these Ephesian believers to give thanks to God no matter their situation. Which would not be easy and only could be done by having the Spirit in them. This section about giving thanks always made me think about the prophet Habakkuk. He was a prophet that came to God with a complaint. The complaint was... How can you use a wicked nation such as Babylon for your divine purpose? Though God does not answer Habakkuk directly, he sure doesn't answer him with the answer that Habakkuk wanted. But he does tell Habakkuk that this is how he's going to do it. And so Habakkuk knows that Judah will fall by Babylon. And he ultimately rejoices in the Lord, not because all will be well, but because he trusts in God. 
His rejoicing in the Lord goes like this. Though the fig tree should not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, the produce of the olive fail, and the fields yield no food, the flock be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stall. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. In a similar way, Paul is telling the Ephesians that they should give thanks to God in good times and give thanks to God for being God when things are not good. Paul added, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, to the end of this verse, I believe he did this because the Christian can always give thanks to God for their salvation. Our salvation will continue after the trouble of this life is gone. So the one who is spirit-filled can give thanks to God always. And finally, submitting to one another is a spirit-filled characteristic. Paul writes in verse 21, Submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Paul is telling the Ephesians that they should submit to each other. This may have seemed foreign to them, as it does to any of us. But he has explained in chapter 4, verse 11, that Jesus Christ gave the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry. I believe that this would also include the elders. So it would only make sense for the believers in the church to submit to them because they have been appointed by Jesus. Also, the person that is spirit-filled is not self-serving, but is looking to serve others and grow in Christ-likeness. So as not all have the same gift, so that as not all have the same gifts, if a believer does not submit to someone who has a different gift than you, you may not ever get to experience that gift. You may not know what it's like if you don't submit to that other person. So as an illustration, I would like to look at Stephen's life from the book of Acts chapter 6. The apostles are looking for some men to serve the widows. And so... There are seven men chosen. One of these men was Stephen, who was known as a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit. And we know from his later speech that he could preach the gospel and he could preach it well. Yet, when he was chosen as someone to wait tables, he is good with that. Think about that. Think about what Stephen has done at this point. This is a man who stands in front of the Sanhedrin and gives one of the longest sermons in the New Testament. And it is beautiful and biblically based and everything about it is powerful. And he's chosen to serve tables. And he does it joyfully. He's happy to. So in a similar way, this is what Paul is saying. 
that a life like Stephen's shows spirit-filled characteristics. The spirit-filled life does not serve itself, but is willing to submit because this is how we become more like Christ. In Hebrews 13, 17, it says, Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your soul as those who will have to give an account. This is calling the congregation to submit to the leaders because they care for you. It, It is important to notice that submission benefits the believer because when those that have been called to be leaders give direction or correction... It is because they care about you. Also in Philippians 2 verse 3 we read, Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. This again will help us understand that we may learn from someone that is gifted in a way that we are not because we have taken time to listen to them. When we find our worth in Christ and are filled by the Spirit, we no longer have to prove ourselves as being worthy. As a result, we will not see ourselves as over anyone. And then we will be able to see those around us that are in need. And serving someone in need may mean that you do something that you've never thought of. Submitting to one another may seem hard, even for those that are spirit-filled, but it is necessary for us to be conformed into the image of Christ. This may start with prayer and action in listening to those that are in fellowship with us. I don't know about you all, but I never thought about listening as being active. But I recently took a course, and a large portion of this course I've been taking is about actively listening to people. And that means we have to submit to them. We have to stop talking and listen to what they're saying. So when we do that, when we actively listen to them, we see that we can hear what they're saying. Um, Observe that many need to be, we may see that many need to be served. It may mean serving in a way that you have never thought of because someone notices that you would be a good fit in that ministry. So as we conclude Today, I want you to remember that Christians will exhibit spirit-filled characteristics. This includes not finding your refuge in an escape-like intoxication, but encouraging each other by speaking and singing biblical truths, by giving thanks to God, and by submitting to one another. And if you are a Christian... And you think, oh, I lack in some of these areas, maybe, maybe a lot of these areas. 
Let me encourage you, take time, spend in the word, reading it, knowing it. This is how the Spirit fills you and brings those things to your remembrance that you have read and taught, been taught. Also, if you are not a Christian and you are here today, let me ask you to consider what I had said earlier about Christ dying on the cross. When he died on that cross, he forgave sins. And it takes us believing in him for those sins to be forgiven and to be filled by the Holy Spirit. If you have never done that, I encourage you to do that. Uh, to read the word, to read the Bible, to study it, to get to know it. And that way, as you are filled with the Spirit, you can then go and encourage others. And if you haven't done this and you want to know more about what it means to be a follower of Christ, please come and see me after the service. Let us pray. Father God, as we come to you today, I pray, Lord, that each one of us would seek the Holy Spirit to grow us to bring his words back to us as we talk to each other, as we sing to each other, because this brings encouragement to the whole body. Lord, to imagine the body that is encouraging each other continually with your word, is such, such an amazing thought as we look forward to a time where we will be with you in eternity, Lord. It's in your name, Christ Jesus. Amen.